Hello, everybody. Josh Brown here, back for another great episode on Franchise Euphoria. Well, today's episode is brought to you by IndieFranchiseLaw.com, a leading resource in the franchise space to help you if you're considering buying a franchise, turning your business into a franchise, or growing your business through a licensing or franchise structure. So go on, check it out, IndieFranchiseLaw.com. I think you'll find a lot of valuable and free information as you continue to kind of weigh franchising and licensing and the growth of your business. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode. On today's episode of Franchise Euphoria, I'm thrilled to welcome Belina Nurnberg, the CEO of One Heart Caregiver Services. Belina is the CEO of this franchise, which is a growing franchise that serves seniors by helping them with daily needs through high quality care. One Heart places strong emphasis in the training of caregivers, and the brand's Caregiver University has trained approximately 2,200 caregivers throughout Southern California. The brand currently has nine locations throughout California and Nevada, open or in development. Hope you enjoy this wonderful interview with Belina. Hello, Belina. Welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How are you doing? Great. Thank you. Thank you for asking. How are you? Doing great. Thrilled to have you on today to talk about One Heart Caregiver Services, which is a uh, healthcare uh, franchise that you're the CEO of. And can't wait to dive in to the actual franchise itself, but I always like to kick it off and learn a little bit about you, the CEO, and sort of what brought you up to this point and to this brand. Well, actually, um, I immigrated to the United States almost 30 years ago. I was in my early 20s at that time. And uh, right after I came here, started working, uh, worked for 13 years uh, for a company here in L.A., and after 13 years of being an employee, I realized that, you know, being an, an immigrant, we always think about the American dream and all that. And I realized, hey, you know what? If I continue being an employee, I'm never going to achieve financial freedom, you know, the way I pictured it. So I opened up my own business. Um, it's called LA Jobs Employment Agency. And with that business, which is still in existence as of today, we placed skilled international workers and professionals uh, with companies within the Los Angeles County. Shortly after that, my clients started asking me for nannies and caregivers. And when the call started increasing significantly, I realized that there was this huge market for caregivers or in-home care that I decided to open another company that specialized in providing caregivers to families. Um, the income potential was what motivated me to start that business 16 years ago. So that was around like 2004. Um, but what inspired me, Josh, to continue the business was the feeling of being able to give back to my mom, the care, attention, and the presence that I wasn't able to give her when I left the Philippines to live here. You see, I grew up in a country where it's our duty or, you know, it's expected of the children to take care of their parents when they're old. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to do that because I was at the other side of the world, you know, living my own life, taking care of my own sure. children, my family, you know how it is. And my mom was diagnosed with cancer, um, you know, early 2000, and she lived for another five years. But during that time, I wasn't really there for her. The only thing I could do was call her from time to time, you know, international calls and visit her once a year because that's all I could afford, you know, to travel. And when her health got worse, the more I felt guilty about not being there, but I, I really couldn't do much because of my responsibilities here. 
you know, I, I see this situation almost every day, you know, in most of the families that we serve. Uh, for my family, we were lucky to hire a caregiver to take care of her. So, you know, meeting my first client back in 2004, she was a sweet old 84-year-old lady from one of the facilities here um, in Santa Monica, and everything just fell into place for me. As I sat there, you know, listening to her daughter tell me what she needed us to do to take care of her mom because she cannot be there all the time. She couldn't be there all the time. And I saw myself in her, you know, I felt the love, the concern that she had for her mom and her frustration for not being able to be there because she had her own family and work responsibilities to attend to. At the same time, I, I saw my mother in her mom, you know, here's a person who deserved to be shown love and respect in her old days, someone who needed to be taken care of by her family. Um, it was then that I realized that, you know, this is the one way I can give my mom the love and care that I wasn't able to give her when she needed me to be there because I was 7,000 miles away. Needless to say, my mom continues to inspire me. And, you know, I see her in every smile that we get from, from moms and dads oh, that we take care of every day. So, yeah, so for me, it became very personal. And for all our, of our team members and employees, our caregivers, this is our passion, you know, to help families take care of their loved ones. Yeah, and you started doing that. I mean, back in 2004, I mean, you know, now you know, healthcare franchises, and, and I assume this is this is a non-medical type franchise right. where you are providing caregivers for people to go to their homes and help take care of them with non-medical type needs, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so, so those are, as the baby boomers get older and all that stuff, the market is there and will be there forever, uh, really, for those services. And the fact that people, I think, have grown accustomed and really have a desire to age gracefully in their homes, you know, as opposed to just being sent off to, you know, a facility, which we, we all have heard the horror stories of that. So, I mean, it's a, it's, it's interesting though, because back in 2004, I don't think that they were nearly as popular as they are today. I mean, was there a lot of competition for you back then? Um, yeah, actually in 2004, there was also a lot of uh, competition. And of course, you have those big names already that had like more than 100 franchise uh, locations all over the U.S. The need for in-home care was already apparent during that time, you know, in 2004. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I think on the coast it was. It's just interesting how it's kind of come across the whole country. I think the model itself is fascinating. Um, how have you seen, I mean, but from, from 2004 to the present, I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes with the model. I mean, what, what are some of the things that you've seen just how in the, in the healthcare space and for the offerings that you guys offer to your, not just your franchisees, and we'll talk about that in a second, but to the underlying uh, seniors who are getting the care? Well, one of the things, one of the major changes actually that we've uh, seen, you know, in the in-home care space is that back in 2004, it's, it was a little bit different, you know, uh, especially new laws have come out where the caregivers are protected by, by the rest, especially here in California. I think it was in 2014 that they came out with uh, laws that protected the workers as far as like overtime and, you know, uh, wages are concerned and all that. So, Whereas before, or I, I'm not sure with uh, other states at this time, if they're considering like, for example, uh, in-home care, they don't pay overtime in excess of nine hours, like here in California uh, every day. But in-home care has become so expensive for a lot of families. So it, yeah. it's, it has become so challenging actually to provide the care to some families because of, of the expense. And in, in some states, like in California, it's not really covered by... Uh, Medicare yet, although they've rolled out, I, I think, 
a law that says that it should be covered. I mean, that some insurance companies actually cover through Medicare Advantage the in-home care, but it has become expensive. It's as you know, it's private pay mostly and long-term care. So a lot of families who did not take advantage of getting the long long-term care insurance are really struggling to pay for for in-home care. You know, right now. You know, this is one of those things where you know it affects everybody because everybody ages. Mm-hmm. And people go, as they get older, you know, they go from non-medical needs to medical needs, sort of on that continuum of care, right? you know, that that's provided for people. Give a sense for the type of services that you guys provide, because I think for some folks, it can be confusing, you know, what's the non-medical versus the medical. What, what are some of the type of services that your caregivers uh, are providing? We are actually a non-medical care. So when you talk about non-medical care, it's primarily assistance with activities of daily living. So that means, of course, like, for example, companionship, you know, activities of daily living would involve, let's say, bathing, if they cannot do that on their own, um, eating, uh, ambulating or walking. They need help. They need transferring from bed to a wheelchair uh, or to the bathroom and stuff like that. We also help with meal preparation. Um, we do. Uh, medication reminders and you know it's funny sometimes when we have families who say hey can you can can the caregiver help my mom take her medications and all we can say is well we're non-medical care so we can only remind her to take the pill and put it in her mouth but we cannot you know take the pill you can't do it you can't do it for her so but that that's basically what what it is um when we talk about non-medical care most families who who get us actually they need help with going to errands for example going to doctor's visits so we do help with that as well where did you get the idea think start thinking about franchising you know because oftentimes and maybe you thought about it all along but oftentimes people start businesses and then Either they hear from their customers or they hear from others about the idea of franchising. When was, I mean, you started this back in 2004. Did you always have in mind that you were going to franchise this or or what point did you start thinking about that? Actually, we we weren't really thinking of franchising at that point in time because, you know, we were successful as an agency ourselves, just one agency, you know. But the funny thing about it is that when we were going to facilities and a lot of our clients actually or companies that refer us clients would be facilities. So in these facilities, we have so many competition. And it's funny how we we were just a single entity going into these facilities and we were competing with big names out there who are, you know, franchised businesses. And we would kick them out of the facilities. I mean, you know, it, we ended up being the one that the facilities preferred to give their referrals to. So, you know, from that point on, we had kind of a realization that, hey, you know what, if we can do this and we can we can actually kick out like some of our competition from these big facilities, how much more, and we are so successful, you know, as a business, why don't we go ahead and roll this out to other people who, you know, we can replicate the success that we have with other people. So that's how it started. And, you know, we just started thinking about, okay, let's go ahead and make sure that our systems are in place and the processes that we do. And we have certain programs that we can offer our franchisees or, you know, other business owners or people who want to start their own business and, you know, get it done. So that's that's how we started. I, I, we started actually in 2014 taking care of all the documents that we needed to get the franchise going. And in 2015, we, got, we had our first franchisee. 
Well, I like that. I like that you did it for 10 plus years. You know, mm-hmm. you got you got your processes, your systems and so forth, presumably down and uh, before you franchise, because so often I think people rush to franchise and they skip over some some necessary steps. How, how many locations do you guys have? Right now we have 10 locations and we have two that are actually going to be opening up uh, before the year ends. It's actually two franchise uh, franchisees who got two locations, uh, you know, uh, at the same time. So they opened up their first ones, and then the second uh, the second location will be opening before the year ends. And are these all in California? These are all in California, but one in Las Vegas, Nevada. And are you looking across the U.S.? Or are you are you? Yes, we we do. We are looking to go national, but right now um, we are focusing on Nevada. We have one in Nevada, so we want a, at least a couple more in Nevada, and then we have inquiries actually from Arizona and Texas. So those are the the um, states that we want to go into next. Well, you know, you bring such a, a moving and personal story to the business, which I'm, I'm very happy that you shared, and, and thank you for that. And I'm just kind of curious how that ties in a little bit to the type of franchisees that you're looking for. I mean, who who's an ideal franchisee that you're looking for for One Heart Caregiver Services? Oh, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> um, our ideal candidate actually is is someone who who has a good balance of business acumen, uh, compassion for others, especially the seniors, and enjoys being out there. You know, making friends, talking to people, networking. Um, this is this is a business that involves caring for a person in their homes. So trust is a major factor that is considered by families and, of course, our referral sources. This means that the franchisee candidate must not only be driven enough to grow his business, but also hold themselves to the highest level of integrity and, of course, excellence in in what they do. Um, Having a healthcare background is also a plus, but not really necessary from what I've seen with our franchisees. But a person who is well-versed in sales and marketing, like I said, you know, uh, business development and building relationships, that's uh, a definite plus. And of course, uh, you know, just like any other business, uh, the person should be financially capable of putting in money into the business, you know, especially in the first couple months of the operations. And and for this franchise, I'm presuming, maybe I'm wrong here, but there's not a traditional sort of retail space, right? I mean, is it in terms of a recommendation with the franchise, people will get a territory and then do people have the option to do a traditional lease or it's not necessary? I mean, there's there's no type of retail component. To it. Uh, well, we do require our franchisees to have an office. See, one of the reasons is that we do face-to-face interviews with our caregivers. I mean, you don't want to send somebody out there, you know. To take your house. Care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to send somebody there and you, you haven't seen the, the actual person. So we do require that they have an office as far as like the Size of the office were very flexible as long as they have access to a training room because we do have a caregiver university where we train our caregivers. So, I mean, right now everything is through Zoom and everything is online. You know, we have an online portal that we access for our caregivers to to have their training. But ideally, we want either like a conference room or a training room that they should have for the caregivers when they come in for their actual training. Talk about COVID and the impact on this business. Obviously, in your business, the caregivers are going to people's homes. Right. So every business has been impacted by COVID. I'm, I'm, I'm curious from your experience, what's the impact been so far and how have you uh, adapted? 
Yeah, that's a very good question. You know, just like most businesses and in every industry are suffered initially because of this COVID pandemic. Uh, when the business closures were implemented here in California in March, this year, we lost a lot of our clients. And we were, I was like, you know, kind of panicking at that time. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? You know, <laughs> how are our, our franchises going to deal with this and all that? But for the first couple of months, uh, families we served actually discontinued our services because you know, they wanted to limit their parents' exposure to other people, even their own caregivers. Uh, people started working from home, so they now had the opportunity to take care of their own seniors or, or parents. Facilities also closed their doors to us. Vendors were not allowed to go in, so we lost those referrals as well. Um, but after a few weeks, it became apparent that, uh, you know, our services were all the more needed by facilities and families. So we actually experienced an increase in the demand for our services and our caregivers. You know, I, I think that one good thing that came out of this pandemic is that we are reminded that our seniors are, number one, they're the most vulnerable group in our society. Second, they need to be protected and cared for. And in a lot of cases, um, immediate families and, and, and relatives cannot be there all the time to take care of their loved ones, and, and they do need the help. So, you know, it just proved in-home care to be an essential business that every family was an aging senior needs. And of course, uh, what we did, the first thing that we did when we started going back to the facilities and caring for our seniors in their homes was to make sure that our caregivers were provided with the proper PPEs, as well as essential health information about the virus and uh, health and safety precautions. Uh, we also continue to provide training to them through our online training, you know, through Care Academy, which is a supplement to our One Heart Business Academy because they couldn't come in anymore and do the actual training. Uh, with our franchisees, we also made sure that, you know, we provided them with information on how to continue to have that connection, you know, with the facilities, despite the fact that the doors were closed to us. Well, as an emerging franchisor and as you continue to grow this franchise, I mean, there's people listening who are... Uh, in the midst of turning their businesses into franchises. I'm curious, as you think about uh, what that was like for you in that process and, and turning it into a franchise, um, what sort of a couple things that are pieces of advice that you would give to others who are contemplating franchising their business? Well, for those who want to franchise their business, you want to make sure when you sell a franchise to somebody, you're basically giving them a promise. You know, you're, you're giving them a promise that, hey, my business is successful. You're going to be successful yourself if you follow my system and you just follow everything that I teach you. You know, so for me, it's very important that before you start franchising, you need to make sure that you have your systems in place and you're really successful, you know, that you they could really replicate the success that you have made. It's not enough for you to just go there and start selling your franchise and saying, hey, you're going to you're going to do this well, we're going to train you and all that. But you don't really have a system that they can actually follow. So that's why for me, that's that's why it took me like what about more than ten years before I started, you know, uh, having that real confidence that okay, yeah, we're gonna do this. Everybody's gonna be successful if they follow us, and let's let's do the franchise. It took me actually, Josh. It took me about four years before I finally decided that okay, we'll go ahead and franchise the business. Well, I think that's smart. I mean, you know, I often tell people the best way to grow fast is to start slow. Um, mm -hmm. Because when you right. start slow, nobody's ever said, gee, I wish I would have gone 10 times faster. There's a whole lot of people who say, you know, I wish I would have gone 10 times slower. I mean, certainly people think that in their minds, they want to go 10 times faster. But the people right. who actually take the time, do it the right way, make sure that their operational structure is built out, their team's built out, they've dotted the I's, crossed the T's. 
to me, that's the long play. That's the strategic way to do it. Because the reality is, you know, it's a long play to franchise. You know, right. You're not yeah. franchising so that you, you, you're doing that. And it's a fundamental difference in a business model. So I applaud you for doing that the right way. Thank you. If you want to learn more about One Heart Caregiver Services, you can go to oneheartcares.com. But that's the number one. So number one and then heartcares.com or the number one and heartfranchise.com. So number one, heartcares.com, number one, heartfranchise.com. Thank you, Belina, for coming on. You have a great story. And it sounds like you've done things uh, the right way in terms of, you know, taking your time, really being sure about things. And like I said, I applaud you for that because there's a whole lot of models and systems out there that just don't do that. And like I said, I think the people who do do it get rewarded in the long run. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak about our business and our franchise offering. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed the podcast in general, I would really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. It really helps to get this podcast out to more and more people. So the easy way to do it is go to iTunes and in the search box, put in Franchise Euphoria. You will then see my cover art and you click on my smiling face that says Franchise Euphoria and then click on the link that says ratings and reviews. It's that simple, but boy, oh boy, does it mean the world to me when people leave ratings and reviews. And like I said, it really helps get the show out there. Once again, would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a rating and review if you enjoyed this episode or other episodes of the show. And until the next time, happy franchising.